0: Pause for thought and join in the barking with Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog.
1: Today we're talking all about toy play with dogs. And who better to explain it than someone who probably does a lot of toy play with their dogs. Darren Rowe, welcome to the Sunday Cafe.
2: Hi Nats, it's nice to uh, hear you on the other side of the mic as well.
1: Oh, it is wonderful (laughs) to hear your voice. So, I mean, you know that I'm a dog owner and I was reading Toy Play with Dogs, I was like, what is this when you like play tug of war with a rope? Tell us exactly, what is Toy Play with Dogs?
2: yeah so i'm gonna do um talk about two things actually we're gonna talk about how dogs play together first of all um, and then we're going to talk about how people play with dogs and i think the two get very mixed up and it's really important that we 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 do it right because we can um you hear all the stories about certain types of play um encourage aggression and all those kind of things And i want to just get rid of some of those myths so people understand how they play with their dogs properly yep so um I I quite often hear people um, complaining, I guess, all the time about dogs growling. As soon as a dog growls nowadays, it's aggressive, isn't it? It doesn't even, you know, there's 101 different growls that dogs do. But as soon as they start growling, then it's aggressive. So I think I just want to really um, talk to people about what happens when dogs play with dogs and, and what's appropriate and what isn't. I guess, um, mm. because you quite often, I don't know, I see dogs in the park and they're playing and, and I'm watching as a, a behaviourist and I'm looking, all oh, that's, that's going to go, that's going to turn sort of the wrong way and then suddenly it does, but the owners don't even spot it or the dogs are playing quite normally and then suddenly owners grab in there and grab the dogs apart because they think they're going to start fighting when actually it's all quite natural play.
1: Mm, and I think I've told you the story about when we first got our beautiful uh, baby puppy, Archie, and we took him to mm-hmm. the park. Being new dog owners, we didn't know what we were doing. We were dressed very nicely, and we met this dog owner who had um, what I guess people would think would be a typically aggressive breed. And he was so great to meet because he knew all about dogs and just got us to have the dogs run together. And when they were playing and you know rolling around, what what dogs do? I was initially quite panicked, and he was like, "No, no, no! This is what dogs do. This is okay." And he was teaching me how to look out for the signs. So what sort of signs when dogs play together should we be worried about should be okay tell us more about that
2: yeah so generally what you've got to understand is that dogs are if they're if they're well trained i guess at the beginning and they've been socialized a the puppy then they're actually very sociable animals they like to enjoy um time with other dogs so they're, they're all about making making their life fun Right? The, whole, the whole of the dog's life should be a game, should be fun. So that's, that's quite natural. But if obviously if they haven't had that socialization at the beginning, their life's maybe been a bit tough, they've had a few traumatic experiences, a bit like people, then they might not be as sociable or trusting, I guess, of other dogs as they should be. And they're the dogs that you want to be um, kind of careful of. And the kind of things that um, we really want to be looking at is, the, I guess, that, um, that <clears throat> energy level. Of a dog and, and most dogs try and keep their energy level balanced when they're playing, um, and quite often then some dogs that haven't got that social skills then the energy level will shoot up and it will just be too much for the other dog to manage. And it's just making sure that those two dogs are evenly matched constantly. And there's a there's a kind of thing where um, there should be one dog should be winning and then the other dog losing and then it should swap over and the other dog's winning and the other dog's losing. So so you get this sort of flip flop of one dog on the floor and another dog looking dominant if you want to call it that. I hate the word dominance with dogs, but looking sort of like dominant and then it swaps over the other way around but if you just get one dog that is just constantly on top of the other dog grabbing them um, body checking them then, then that's a dog that's quite rude it's not very sociable mm. it probably hasn't been taught it's not a bad dog you know behavior and the dog are very different things they can change quite quickly um but it's just not had those skills it's not been taught and that's possibly not a dog that you want your little puppy if it's a puppy to play with or your dog is a bit nervous to play with because they're not going to have a great idea a great time of that play
1: okay so if we get into that situation as a dog owner um or we have this sort of dog you know how can we kind of retract these behaviors and have the dog relearn can you even get the dog to relearn the behavior
2: yeah, definitely, and um, if if we couldn't, I wouldn't have a job, I guess. Um, so, <laughs> so that's what that's what dog behaviourists or dog trainers are for. I'd probably go to a dog behaviourist if I if I was um, going to do that because it's actually um the, the skill comes in with the the behaviourist having a dog that is very well balanced. Like I've got a few dogs. I've got some very unbalanced dogs. as Dogs trainers we have sort of nutcases, the same as everyone else. But mm. um, uh, but we we've, we've chosen those dogs. Um, uh, but we have a uh, I've got. Two or three dogs that are, are incredibly balanced and they, they'll teach all those sort of calming signals and all those sort of um signals that dogs are meant to have learned as a puppy um so fred my big irish setter um he's uh, he's incredibly calm and um, we can have a dog that's like barking and screaming and doing all those silly things and he'll just stare and look at them and he'll start to pace their um behavior so he'll look at them look away he'll do some licking of his lips and that's a kind of calming signal a di- displacement signal they call it yeah and um, he might sort of sniff on the floor um and and then he might just turn away and and show his bum to to the other dog and and you see all these behaviors in the park and if your dog understands them it's like building rapport with a person when you're talking Mm. and then they'll start to get on and build that trust but if they don't understand those then they're probably just staring straight at them and then you might have that sort of awkward moment when they get too close and then attention builds up and then it's either going to be a play or it's going to be a massive fight
1: Yeah, very interesting. If you do have a question that you'd love to ask, Darren, then please do call on 0800 844 747. You're always welcome to join the conversation and get all your canine questions out there. One thing I've noticed with Archie is that whenever we hit the park with other dogs, he loves to play like chasey. And sometimes the other dog doesn't necessarily engage and he'll just run in like this figure eight everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that just him being playful, trying to get energy out? And I mean, he seems pretty good at reading the signals. He doesn't bother. Other dogs, um, yeah, is that so, just So Archie's regular? quite young, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's five.
2: <laughs> he's five. Well, yeah, but he's also, very, um, the breed, is, he's quite young. <laughs> yeah,
1: I have a Labrador <laughs> in case you're all wondering.
2: <laughs> so in his mind, he's, he's very young. Um, that's typical sort of, um, uh, well, almost puppy behavior, really, so that they're not, He's not jumping on the other dog, but he's trying to entice the other dog to get involved. Um, The problem that we have sometimes is that when we have a um, a younger dog, say about one or two, a one or two-year-old is likely to play with a dog up to maybe three, four, five, right, because they're they're kind of a similar mentality age, I guess, you could say that, Mm -hmm. Um, but the problem comes when you've got a one or two year old that's like full on and he wants to play with an eight or nine year old and and he doesn't read those signs because an eight or nine year old is like a 50 60 year old person they're not going to have a little kid jumping all over them Mm. so and and they're going to they're going to say very nicely because dogs are very good they 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 give all the signs and say, don't do that, I don't like it. But if they keep persisting, then that's when those dogs are going to then tell them off. Now, what happens in the dog park there is when an older dog tells a younger dog off, suddenly the older dog is aggressive, normally gets a lead clipped on, they get dragged home. But actually, that's the learning lesson that that young dog needs to have. Um, in a controlled way and most dogs are quite good when they do that obviously if you've got a dog that's really nervous and that's not the best dog to do it but I think we're missing out on all this um, canine learning expecting us to be able to do it but you know dogs don't learn from us in this way they learn from other dogs.
1: Dogs learn from dogs that's a great point Um, yeah I well mind you in our park most of the dog owners kind of know each other we're very familiar with the other dogs so um, even if it's a bit of a an old dog kind of telling off the young dog, we we don't really worry about it. But what if we were in a situation um, where perhaps our dog or another dog is behaving in a way uh, that we need to put control on quickly or um, diffuse the situation? What's some tips there that we can do?
2: Well, well, first of all, um, I think the um, standard guidelines for all the council dog uh, dog control is that if you don't have a recall and a really good recall, don't take your dog into a dog park. And um, you know, people do clearly um, because they, most people don't have recalls when you go to dog parks. But that's a really important one because you've got to call your dog off if you're if you're not. Um, if your value, if you want to call it that, isn't high enough and the dog that they're playing with is a, of a higher value, you're never going to get your dog back. So you've got to work on that relationship with you and your dog um, so that you can call your dog off um, another dog or uh, another cat or anything, really. Yeah, and, and the way to do that leads us quite nicely, and that's into um, how we interact with our dogs. Um, it's all about us playing with our dogs in the right way. And I think... For years, um, I've been told that you don't play tug-of-war with a dog because it increases aggression and all those kind of things. And in particular breeds, we're looking at the the sort of bully-type breeds and all those kind of things, yeah? Um, I'll play tuggy with all of those types of dogs, but I'll do it in a way that isn't building that... um, that predator predator interaction which is Mm. where we all go wrong so so i don't know if you know much about dogs but they're all they've all been bred really to do a job and they've all and they're all predators and and so are we we're we're a predator as well so when when a predator and a predator plays you build up this this sort of aggression this hierarchy because i have to win then you have to win and so on and so on and you see these people that um with the big bully dogs they've got a toy and they're like swinging them around and and it's all about let go and all and, and it's a big battle and it's never going to work like that. For a for dog to actually get enjoyment out of play, we have to become the prey and that's a weird one because we have to die we have to be killed by the dog <laughs> <laughs> no I'm
1: awful, just visualising my <laughs> yeah. husband playing with Archie I'm like <clears throat> no that's perfectly what they do because yeah. I was about to I was so fearful you are going to say no tug of war and I was like that's their
2: favourite no, game no so, so I don't I don't call it tug of war because if you think of tug of war we have two people either side and it's a big competition pulling each other and one's got to win whereas when we play tuggy it changes it slightly the dynamics and with tuggy I'll go crazy crazy because I'm the prey so I want to be as animated and as live as I possibly can be but at some point the dog has to win, therefore I have to die. So I just go completely deadpan and I'm, I'm just holding the toy and I'm not wiggling the toy around completely. And then you find the dog will get bored and just let go yeah. because he's killed. He's killed the prey. The, the predator prey drive has been vented and, and we're all right. And then you suddenly animate yourself again and the dog grabs the toy again. If you watch um, dogs in the wild, um, so wild pack dogs in, in wherever, um, Africa, it's always the prey that's controlling the actual um attack mm. so when the prey stops the dog stops when the prey runs the dog play uh, dog runs so we want to be more like a prey because then we're actually going to be more controlled. we just don't want to die physically at the end
1: mm. <laughs> so interesting if you do have a question that you'd love to put forward to our dog specialist our behavior dog behaviorist please call 0800 844 747 we're going to hear more about dog and human interaction
0: it's the sunday cafe on magic talk
1: and we're back. So we're talking with Darren Rowe, the dog behaviourist, about dog play. And we just have discussed about dog to dog interactions, and we're just getting into this new game, this new term, tuggy, and dog human mm. interactions. And we've heard well some wonderful tips already. If you do have something you'd love to know, or your dog's behaving in a way that you just want to check in and s- check everything's okay, please do call 0800 844 747. You can always join our conversation, and you are always welcome. So Darren, continue this conversation about dog human interaction. How can we be better owners and better at, um, I guess, getting the best behaviours out of our dogs?
2: Yeah, I think I think clearly we want to have control of our dogs. I mean, that's the biggest problem that we have. But, but I always question um, or challenge my um, clients that the way to get control is to actually release control and f- throw it back to the dog so that the relationship that you have with your dog, the dog actually wants to work with you not be controlled by you does that, does that make sense it's kind mm. of a, a weird concept and, and the classic example of that is a loose lead walking if a dog wants to be with you then the lead will always be loose if you have to be controlling the dog then the, the lead is always going to be tight because you're having to pull the dog back
1: i've got a question so, here <clears throat> what do you do if your dog wants to have the lead in his mouth and walks you
2: <laughs> again that's that's him controlling you so so if the dog grabs the lead and um, we just stop Mm. and you've got it you got you again you've got to think about the motivations and that's why this whole tuggy thing is all about motivating the dog what's your dog's motivation when we're walking is to to walk forward isn't it mm. right so if he's grabbing the lead it, what he's really saying is you ain't going fast enough you know <laughs> i want to be running because let's face it humans when we walk slow it's a bit slow for a dog they want to be running as fast as they can uh, so that's puts really all he the whole
1: is. lead in his mouth and we run together he loves it it's like it's a comfort blanket for him yeah it's his favorite thing to do and we sprint the park and he has the lead in his mouth the whole time it's
2: quite cute. Um, if he's, Quite often what you find when you've got a dogs in and they grab a lead, they, they start to go higher and higher until it gets to your hand, and that's a bit of a control thing. Um, okay. the, the thing to do if you've got a dog that's doing that is to actually just stop and you just relax the lead. And when the tension's off the lead, then it's no fun. Again, it's almost a predator-prey-tuggy game, isn't it? Mm. Once the tension's gone, the, the lead is dead, therefore we carry on walking. But always stop. If a dog starts to want to control that walk by pulling, you just stop. The dog realises then it can't go forward. Therefore, it's no fun. They Mm. come back to you and then they move forward when they're with you.
1: Okay. Common, so Common sense. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it is not. so cute. Okay. I'll work on that. <laughs> Thanks, Darren. Yeah. I'll work on that. Um, so how do we not play with our dog?
2: Yeah. So um, oh, this, this is really bad. What we There's a couple of things that we have problems with. If you think about it, most dogs are rehomed or, or put down, um, euthanized because they bite. And they normally bite people's hands. Um, so they, they're targeting people's hands. And from a very early age, when we do our puppy preschools, we, we try and discourage hands being associated with food. and, and most dogs, when they're grabbing hands, they're not really trying to bite your hands, they're just trying to get food from your hands. And particularly if you've got a small kid, if they're targeting hands because they think they've got food in there, it's going to really do some damage, isn't it? Even a, a nice dog. So, so we always make sure that when we have a puppy, the first things we do is we feed on the floor. So we just drop the food on the floor. So the puppy doesn't have that association with hands from a very early age. <clears throat> um, then once we've got that we teach our dog how to interact with hands so um, what we want to do is teach our dog to lick hands rather than bite them so if you think about what most people do they put their thing, they put the treat between a finger and thumb and then they give it to the dog and the dog jumps at the fingers puts his whole mouth around your hands and takes a treat and we've actually told our dog that it's okay to bite our fingers that's fine and as a puppy that becomes a great game Whereas if you put it on the flat of the hand and you give that to the dog, they'll lick the tree off. So you're encouraging your dog that hands are for licking. A real subtle change, but at that age, it's a huge thing for a dog. And and when if pe- people sort of say to me, "Oh, no, that's that's just rubbish," just think of a horse. You would never give a horse a treat with your f- uh, a treat in the finger and thumb. You'd have no hand left. Mm. <laughs> You'd always do flat hands. Yep, exactly the same kind of concept. Once you've got that, then you've got a different association with hands. So therefore, the dogs aren't targeting them. The other thing that you don't want to do, and I see this all the time, unfortunately, with um. Unfortunately, mainly men, um, with the uh, with their sort of bully dogs, is that a whole rough and tumble round the head so you know you grab them you go uh, around the head dogs hate that and all you're going to do is encourage your hands to be bitten again because they'll just want to get your hands off and of course they don't use their hands they use their teeth
1: Interesting, interesting and I'm just thinking once again about my Archie and our life and um, at the moment we're teaching him to be around little kids at our church Mm. so that's a bit of a shout out to St. Peter's Presbyterian which is on in (laughs) nine minutes Um, and the kids are doing a great job like of using the treats Um, he loves a little bit of sausage and they're actually, they're putting it, they're getting him to do a command then putting it down on the ground telling him to wait then releasing the treat Brilliant, um, yeah. we just find that's a little bit safer with the little yes. children uh, because we're not, yeah. we're not the parents of the children we don't know how the children are going to react and we're just trying to do all we can to um, I guess control Archie's behaviours
2: yeah and I would always if I've got kids um, under sort of five I'd always have the dog in the down and I'd always be holding their collar because mm. I want complete control. Th- the problem is, um, as much as kids can run away and stuff like that, but it's always a dog that gets in trouble if they do something silly. And, and dogs are dogs at the end of the day; they might do something silly. So I'm always trying to control that dog and and not control the dog more, trying to make sure the dog isn't going to get in trouble. Because it's always a dog that gets the sort of bad side of it, isn't it? Really.
1: Mm. Well, we do have a question that's coming through on the phone. Uh, this is Tracy. Welcome, Tracy, to the Sunday Cafe on Magic Talk. What would you like to ask?
2: Morning,
0: Tracy.
1: Thank you so much. Morning. Um we
0: have a cavoodle who's about um three and a half years old yep. and he he bites at people. So it's normally he like, barks crazily at the door type thing. Yep. Um, and then we sort of calm him. You know, the person comes in and we introduce him to the person, da da da. And then when they go to leave, it's yeah. like he just surprise attacks them. He actually like <laughs> jumps up and bites, especially men. Yeah. um he will bite them on the back of the leg or he gets as high up as the butt sort of thing he actually does bite he also like um we have him on a lead all the time when we're out but he will actually you know like he will go to almost bite at somebody um, walking past. He's
2: on the lead. yeah is that when when is that when they're, um as they go past or as they're coming toward you Something um so
0: just, just as they go past you? actually yeah yeah most it's, time, it's almost like a most... surprise attack
2: yeah, if you think about it, those two things are the same thing, aren't they? So um, yeah. as your person is getting up to go so it's the back that's being shown that's when they key into that predator prey drive and and poodles are actually um hunters so they've got quite a strong predator prey drive and and the cavalier is also a hunter so you've got you know you haven't just got this nice cute fluffy dog you've got a real good hunter duck hunters and bird hunters so that predator prey drive is there and when they get scared and it's normal and this will all be through to fear because of um what you said about when they bark with the door so you've got a fear problem there um the stress and the fear and and what's happening there is it's the 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 fear is elevating they're getting really really it's just too much for them to cope with and then of course when the person goes it's like (gasps) this big release and then it's like bang and that fear comes out so so really it's all about i I would if it was me um, and unfortunately the cavalier i've seen this quite a few times in the cavalier and i don't know why it's particularly the cavalier um but i would probably put the dog in the crate when someone comes and take the stress away from the dog so they don't feel they have to deal with that person also it sounds like it's a bit of that elevation of um from sitting to getting up and I'd also do some training around the door because the door could be the trigger as well. Um, because you've got fear and you've got biting, definitely calling the trainer to help you. It's not something I'd recommend you try and do by yourself or with YouTube, just because of the outcome. If it's wrong, could be the dog being euthanized if it bites someone. So you don't want to go down those lines.
0: I know it's yep. you know like it's the but, fear that he's actually
2: going yeah. to But Good. if you have him in a crate when people are there he can yep. have a nice calm place you can give him some chew toys you can de-stress and he's actually got a safe place to be and also then you relax as well and don't don't um yep. underestimate the impact that you have on your dog if you're getting stressed then the okay. dog's going to look at you and say well, there must be something to defend them. <laughs> okay yep.
0: awesome And yeah. look, I've got one other question and this is yep, really but... weird but um he also all the time. Like, it's almost like a comfort thing. He yeah. looks at the ear, so his tongue goes in and out. It's like a and lizard. It just goes in and are out. At your out. ear? At <laughs> your ear? No, 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 no. Just at the, at the ear. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, oh, okay. not at us. You'll be sitting I... <laughs> beside us or sitting on their <laughs> knee, and you'll just be looking.
2: Look, look. so, are yeah. not looking yeah. at anything. <clears throat> so, so again, that that kind of fits in with the stress, the whole stress thing. I, there's two things that it could be. I would definitely get those ears checked out with a vet or, or a homeopath, yeah. um, just in case. What you can do is give it a quick smell. If you smell a kind of yeasty infection, then that's a definite sign that there's something going on there. But um, it's probably fits in with the with the other characteristics of, of stress. And again, right. um, okay. that yeah, you, you want to make sure it's got plenty of excitement. This play, so this tuggy play, that's the way you can relieve stress because you're exercising that Predator Pro drive, which is what comes out when they get stressed. Does that make sense? Okay, because it's something yep.
0: that we haven't played. We've always yeah. played ball, but not the tuggy Yeah, play. look, okay. ball, ball,
2: is, ball is great, but it's all about them running away from you, whereas tuggy is all about you interacting with them. Um, if you want yeah. to uh, if you want to drop me an email, um, I'm quite happy to give you. I've got a little video that just explains about how to play tuggy. I can flip Fantastic. you through on that one if you want to do that. It'd be great.
1: Oh, yeah, you can flick awesome. that one thank to me,
2: too. Yeah, cool.
1: Tracy, thank you for calling in. And if you have thank any you questions start. that you would like to ask Darren, call 0800 844 747. If you just want to join in the conversation on the San- Sunday Cafe today, please do call in. Hey, Darren, can you flick me that video as well?
2: I will do, yeah, definitely.
1: That sounds really wonderful. <clears throat> and I was having um, great imagery of the dog licking the human ear as you, yes. well, that's as you why, questioned. <laughs> that's
2: why I wanted to check. We used to have a collie, actually, that used to do that. Uh, that was... His party trick that you'd sit down on the sofa and suddenly you just feel this wet feeling in your ear. Hole. Oh
1: I love dogs, dogs are amazing. All right so um, really good tips there and you know what I love is that um, how you always bring it to um, behaviours that can be fixed and they can be modified you just need to be patient with the dog and seek out help with the expert if necessary that's correct?
2: Definitely. Yeah. And you always remember the older the dog, the the more patient and the longer it might take just because they've got old habits that need to be broken first.
1: Mm. And so if people do want to reach out to you, if they do have questions, what's the best way to get in touch with you?
2: Yeah, so you can always find me on social media, so just uh, on Facebook and Instagram, Mindfulness for Dogs, with that number four, um, or it's just mindfulnessfordogs.com. Um, and just search for Darren Rowe, you'll find me now.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Pretty much out yeah. there now, so.
1: <laughs> Darren Rowe, you're big on the Facebook, I love it. Look, thank you so much for joining us and answering the questions. That's Darren Rowe, dog behaviourist from Mindfulness for Dogs. Always a pleasure to chat to you. Yeah, it's
0: been absolutely fantastic. Hopefully again soon. You've been listening to Darren Rowe on the Mindful Dog giving our canine friends a voice throughout the world. To find out more about what we do, visit our website at www.mindfulnessfordogs.com.